0: good afternoon everybody this is made in edh and today we have a special episode we are doing the first of many episodes of us possibly doing a kind of review about certain cards and decks and this episode is episode four strixhaven commander sauce and this is chris
1: and this is kayla
0: so today, we are reviewing 10 cards out of each of the 5 new pre-constructed Commander decks. We picked 10 cards that we thought are absolute great in each of the decks. And then at the end of each of the decks, we're going to kind of maybe talk about how maybe they were awesome and new or boring and bland. I don't know. We'll see how we go from here. Starting off, I think we're going to go with that Lorehold, the Legacies deck. So so Kayla, what's first on your list?
1: Um well a theme with my list is on my list I put the commander on every single one. I just think these commanders are so cool. Um so first up we have Oskir, the Reconstructor.
0: Oh yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just so solid. Like, you got Graveyard Reanimator with him for artifacts, and it makes tokens, so you can easily include that, like, anointed procession if you want to upgrade the deck. And then you're, like, making four tokens out of one artifact. That exile artifact effect.
1: Yep.
0: (laughs) On top of that.
1: They didn't need to give him Vigilance, but they did, and so you have, like, a solid, beefy boy, and then you can attack, and also do his tap effect, so he's just solid.
0: Yeah, and so, like, he also has that Sacrifice Artifact to boost, so, like, he can make himself big and swole, and just go in, and beat someone's face in, while also synergizing with himself, all you need to do is play Artifacts. It's a yep. really solid card, like when I looked at that deck and I saw it, I was like, this card this right here is what we need to see more of, of the commander just synergizes with itself really well, you just have to play the other thing that it requires like, that's good I want more like that uh-huh. So for for me I have to say um I would agree with that one that would definitely be on my list so I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that that that's going to be on my top 10 as well cuz I thought he was super solid.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, oh. All right. So what's your number 2 then?
1: Uh number 2 I had Combustible Gear Hulk um Obviously, that's a reprint, but jeez, that card is ridiculous. Um, yeah, you either get your draw power, or just direct big damage potentially.
0: Yeah, I love Combustible Gear Hulk. I thought that was a really good card. It's actually it's actually pretty inexpensive. It was a good reprint. Um, I think it was a really solid card. Um, That's probably not one on my side, though. Um, But one I would love to showcase for reprint. Um, Speaking that we're talking about reprints, for my number two, I have to say Sculpting Steel. Because that card is so good. It's an artifact three cost. um, Three generic, it's not colored artifact. And when it enters the battlefield, it becomes a copy of any artifact on the battlefield. And it's a May oh, effect. Yeah. So that you're not just pretty good. Yeah, and you just copy something big and it doesn't even have to be on your side of the field either. Like sure, if you're like you're hurting for mana and somebody has a soul ring, it could be a three cost soul ring. It's horribly inefficient, but at the same time <laughs> it's ramping it's an you. Answer. So who do you how do you care? Like it's it's pretty yep. solid speaking the artifacts are pretty heavy in Commander. I think that card getting a reprint was a really good thing. So what uh now we're on to number three.
1: Number three. Number three I had um one of the legendary creatures in the deck was the Alibu Ancient Witness. Um Yeah, other artifact creatures you control have haste whenever one or more artifact creatures you control attack. Um, Ancient Witness deals X damage to any target and you scry X, where X is the number of tapped artifacts you control. That's just too solid. (laughs) Um, Just looking at the top of your deck um, and also dealing damage to any target. I just think that's... Really good.
0: Yeah. I think that's a that's a really good one too. Um Yeah, I actually I think that one with everything that's in the deck, I think I'd have to agree with you. That one would have also have to be on my list because I thought that one was super solid as well.
1: Yeah. And it's a golem and there's a lot of golem matters cards out there.
0: Yeah. So, um, I guess I'll start with number four then, and see if um, I got something that you don't have on your list. Let's see. Um, Angel of Ruins. It's five colorless, double white. So for seven CMC, or mana value as they want to call it nowadays. It's an artifact creature angel. With flying, and when it enters the battlefield, exile up the two target artifacts and or enchantments. It's a 5-7. It also has this thing called plane cycling on it. I thought this card was really good, because if you think about like how the commander works, you just plane cycle this into your graveyard, and then when you want to recur it, when you have the mana to, you're exiling like for enchantments and or artifacts that your opponents have. I thought that yeah. was so good. And it's a 5-7. It's not a small thing either.
1: Yeah, and it's a flying artifact. I mean, those exist, but they're not super common. Um, at least I would say so.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Like, it's, it's it. There are a bunch of them. But, like, there's not a ton. And it looks like this deck actually has a big bunk of um, artifact creature flyers, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I didn't consider was, that. Um, did you. Um, what would you get for your number four? Did that match? Do you have that one on your list at all?
1: Um, I didn't, actually. So. Let's see. Number four on my list. Trying to find it, actually. <laughs> You're okay, good. Okay, so I had another le- legendary for my number four. Um I had what? Loshiel, the clockwork scholar. So the elephant, artificer. Oh my
0: gosh! I'm so happy you put that on there because that will be. I <laughs> was going to be my number five. So I saw, I saw the elephant man, and I and I cried out. Thank you for giving white a good thing. Yeah. Mono white draw deck with artifact creatures? I I cried a little bit. It was so good.
1: Yeah, again, it just rewards you for playing artifacts. I mean, clearly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's great. It's artifact creature tribal. So, like, if, um,. It's, like, so good. It even prevents all combat damage to be dealt to your attacking artifact creatures. It's, it, it protects your artifact creatures, and then you draw cards based on artifacts entering the battlefield. Yeah. And it says each turn. So, uh, thinking about white, what if you ch- did, like, chain, uh, chaining effects, like Charming Prince, that EBT, EBT's, you know? And then you have another Ooh. thing that does the same thing and just have these chaining effects and then you have like a micro synth lattice out so they're artifact creatures. You could potentially draw every single <laughs> in white. Jeez. <laughs> it's so good. I looked at this and I was like, man, dreams do come true.
1: <laughs> yeah, white artifact deck, like that's really unique, I feel like. But it makes sense. So,
0: yeah, it's not like trying to make a Voltron or vehicle deck like Saram is, which is another really good draw power deck, or Mangara, which also is really good for mono white draw powers. But his is very situational, and I feel like Saram and Mangara, if those are in play, they're probably getting like targeted really fast, and this Mm -hmm. one probably will get targeted pretty quickly as well. But since you're running artifacts, you'll probably have. I would say, better chances of protection. More so.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: But it it probably falls in the same spot of you gotta watch out for the specific target removals that are gonna be a problem for you.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of um, artifact removal out there, so.
0: Yeah. So, for number five, let's see if we, we get on the same page here.
1: Um, I had Bronze Guardian.
0: Bronze Guardian?
1: It is a four and one white artifact golem. It's got Double Strike and Ward 2. Other artifacts you control have Ward 2, and its power is equal to the number of artifacts you control. Wow. And That's... yeah. Nasty.
0: <laughs> That's really gross. Bronze Golem. Hmm. Wow. Uh, like... bronze <laughs> guardian. Yeah. Guardian, sorry. But No, you're like...
1: good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> bronze Guardian. So go- good. It's a little high cost, but giving your artifacts a pseudo hexproof unless your opponent has tons of mana and they're not caring. To waste it mm-hmm. and I think that's pretty solid for what it is it's all like I said it it's a little high cost for what it is but I think it's good it's a good like this is something that's going to end the game if there's not a lot in play to deal with it
1: well look at the power it can get up to with all the artifacts and on top of that the double strike
0: like oh geez man. the <laughs> double strike is huge it's huge on that on that guy. Because like, all it's doing is boosting power. And there's artifact lands in here, so you can probably guarantee you that this thing has at least a minimum when, when it's in play, at least five on its power. Yeah. So you're looking at 10 damage potentially every turn. So that yep. could get out of hand <laughs> very quickly. Now, that was not one I was thinking about, though. So... I Dang. guess I will have to go for another one, which this one is another artifact. I'm sure it's on your list because I saw this and I was like, this is something whites needed for a long time. And I'm so happy we finally got something. Which is archaeomancer's map.
1: Yep. Same on my yep. list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I figured it would be on your list. Because um, it was so good. It's two colorless, one white artifact. When Archaeomancer's map enters the battlefield, search your library for two basic planes cards. Reveal them and put them into your hand, then shuffle. And then it has this extra little part here that is just nice. When a land enters the battlefield under your opponent's control, if that player controls more lands than you, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. So. This is interesting. So. Based on, like, a lot of the cards I've seen in this deck, this card is super solid in here because mm-hmm. there's a lot of mana rocks and not a lot of mana ramp for lands. So if you're trailing behind and you have a ton of rocks in play and somebody else has more lands, you can potentially just drop out both the planes you grabbed from this into play the following rotation, full around.
1: Well, and White doesn't really have that sort of mana ramp, so it's great to see that.
0: Yeah, being able to play lands off your turn in white. Mm-hmm. It's not been done before. Um, and this card is like one of the big single reasons I looked at the deck list and I went, Okay. I need to go <laughs> grab this deck because this this is this is the best card they've ever printed for white for ramp reasons.
1: Yep, yeah, it's value all the way through.
0: Like, there's... This card is going to be a white staple, and if you're not running this in your white deck, you need to, because there's no there's no way that this card is ever bad in any situation. Like, maybe late game, it might be kind of bad, but, like, most of the time, this card is going to be good, and you should mm. have it in your deck. Because <laughs> it's basically yeah, like a sure. baby... It's, it's like a baby Cultivate, except you don't put a land into play, but... If if your opponents are all lands ahead of you, it's better than Cultivate, which is kind of funny.
1: Yeah, it really is. Especially because it sticks around.
0: Yeah, that's the cool part. So it's like, even if you're just, like, continuing hitting, like, lands, and, like, one of your opponents, like, uh, plays that huge, like, uh, what is it, Reshape the Earth, that Commander Legends mythic that you put ten lands from your deck into play. Oof. Um uh, someone plays that you're not gonna be behind you're you're not gonna be catching up to them anytime soon, so that means you're gonna be playing lands almost every turn. <laughs> so <laughs> I think the value here is really awesome. And I don't think this card is going to be flying under the radar for a while. And the fact that you can just put a land, it doesn't have to be a basic, I think is a really good thing too so you can put yeah. in those tapped lands you know those tri-colored tapped lands or any of the other like tapped lands that you would normally like kind of look at and be like no I don't really want this in the deck it makes those lands good
1: yeah that's true uh yeah the, uh, the
0: triomes <laughs> so, yeah the triomes you oh my gosh these would be so good the triomes except you can't search them because they're not basic but if you had it true. in hand, you could put them into play. Well, so, but, yeah. going on... <laughs> I was going to say, yeah.
1: going on to the next um, sort of ramp that I felt this deck had, especially specific to white, was Monologue Tax. Um, mm. Two and one white enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, you create a treasure token. So wow. you get mana and you get an artifact.
0: It's really good. The only thing that I don't like about it is if your opponents see this, what if they start only playing one spell per turn?
1: Well, that still limits them.
0: That's true. It does... It kind of... it's like. It's like a more expensive rule of law, but if they do go above it, they you can just get mana from it. So
1: Free real estate.
0: <laughs> True. And for three mana, it's, it's one mana less than Smothering Tithe, and your opponent the only way your opponent denies it is if, if they only cast one spell per turn. Yep. This one's also pretty good. I don't think it's as good as Archaeomancer's map, but... It's still really valuable for white to get more mana ramp. And I do like white going into the treasure side of things. Yeah. So I do like that. And it's also artifacty. This would definitely be on my list as well. So we'll knock that one out for me as well. Because, <laughs> of course, m- white mana ramp is super important. And us getting more of it is very good. That's true. So that was I'm going to assume that was number 6 then so we're on the 7.
1: Yes. Um I don't think this one is going to be on your list. I'd be surprised if it was. Um okay. it's a little weird. So I had Ruin Grinder. Um Ruin. Yep, it's a 5 hmm. and 1 red artifact creature construct 7/4 Menace. When it dies, each player may discard their hand and draw seven cards. And it has mountain cycling for two. So, I just like this because of the little group hug aspect of it. And, I don't know, something about it. I just really like it.
0: I I cringe at the fact you call the wheel effect a group hug effect.
1: Yeah. But (laughs) but I Um... mean...
0: It's a good it's wheel player though. drawing,
1: like,
0: yeah, they discard their hand, then draw seven,
1: and it is a May effect, so
0: yeah, it's true Four. each player may do it, so people you can avoid it if you don't want to lose your cards if you have something super important. It's actually you know it is kind of group huggy. it's really good in that instance. I just don't think I like the idea of giving my opponent seven cards per chance. Well, I guess if there's a big enough threat in play and you want to deal with an opponent, that's what you want to do. It's actually a pretty good politic card, actually. It's a hidden politics card. You're right, it is super group huggy. Because it's like, all right, we want this to die so we can potentially deal with that problem over there. So who can kill this? Or even you do. You just Sometimes play it and you, you sack see it. See what you draw. Yep. Yeah, see what you draw, see what your allies can draw to take out the problem. You know, all oh. these really good things. I think, actually, you know what? I'm I'm a little upset that I didn't think about that card a little bit more about being a, a politic card. And mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think that card's actually really decent. Because, like, you know, normally I would look at it and just be like, Ugh, it's a wheel effect. But it's like, wait, it's a situational <laughs> wheel effect.
1: Is it? So like though?
0: it could No, it's not, is it? <laughs> you leave <laughs> Is it out of this. We'll get to that later. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um No, that was not one I was thinking about though. I I do appreciate that very much. I do have to say though, uh I have a reprint on here that I think needed to get reprinted and I was happy to see it to get reprinted. What you got? Thousand Year Elixir.
1: Oh, yeah. You yep. can activate
0: <laughs> abilities of creatures you control as though they had haste. One colorless tap it to untap target creature. It's a three mana drop artifact. This card was was trailing up in the twenty, so it seeing a reprint is nice. Mm-hmm. Like I, this card is good in so many decks. Like. You could put this in a yeah. Dork green deck, and they can ramp the turn they come out.
1: Oh yeah, that's it's, true.
0: It's so good. Like this, this card you could put in any deck, and it's a sleeper card. That's definitely one that's utility is unknown until you realize the power of it, and then you're like, oh wait, this needs to be in every deck.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: it's so, not
1: very costly either. Three mana. Pretty yeah, good.
0: for three mana, for what it does, turning, making your activated abilities like on creatures be able to come online as soon as they come out it can be game-changing. Like um, One of the decks I do actually have a Thousand-Year Elixir in is my Marsil, Pretender deck, and when I get Nevril's Ring on him and I <laughs> bring him into play, he can instantly Neverell Ring without being tapped, which is better than normal Neverell Ring. <laughs>
1: oof that's
0: true so <laughs> but then it destroys the elixir so i mean it's kind of that strong well, moment of you something... know, it was yeah
1: yeah if you need to get rid of something really quick then
0: yeah it's true that's uh very true i think i think this is a great card i i was very happy it got reprinted it really needed to see a reprint I wish they would do more reprints like this of cards that got really, really big and valuable. Um, I'm going to make a shout-out to a card that should have been reprinted in this deck that didn't see a reprint. What's that? But uh, we'll go into that at the end of the the list. That will be something for people to look forward to. (laughs) I'm sure they're (laughs) going to hear... They probably already know, but I'm just going to state it anyway. So what's your number? No- uh, that was our number seven. So we're on eight now.
1: Uh, we're actually on nine. Oh. All right, I didn't count correctly. Um, oh, okay. So. No, it's
0: probably my fault too, because I I forgot we had shared a bunch, and I said seven. I said eight last time, I think. So.
1: Oh, you're good. Um, this is another kind of strange one, but I really like it. It's very expensive. Um. My number nine would be Triplicate Titan. So it's a nine cost, nine nine flying, vigilance, trample. When it dies, creates a three three golem with flying, a golem with vigilance, and a golem with trample.
0: You know what this card reminds me of? Hmm. Worm Coil Engine.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's What I was thinking.
0: It's like it's it's a really good version of Wormcoil Coil Ancient, especially for what the deck deck is. Like, if you cast this thing and you're sitting at this much mana, and you sack it with your commander, and you get two of these things out, it's going to be really hard for your opponents to deal with that <laughs> many things. Yep. I think that card is really good. Um, I think it's a little high-costed, but there's a lot of ways to cheat out artifacts, so I actually don't think it's that bad of a card.
1: Yeah, it's not not terrible. I just really liked it, especially the die effect.
0: It almost made it to my list because I thought that card was really nice, too. Um, Also, I think on our list, um, we're going to avoid cards that are printed in Strixhaven for the most part because I think some of those things are just so good to be talked about maybe in another time. Would you agree? Things like um, the infamously reconstruct history from Strixhaven. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm not including that on the list because that's a great card and the fact it's in Strixhaven and not the commander deck specific, I'm kind of ignoring it for now. Yeah. And if you don't know what this card is, it's two colorless, a red and a white sorcery. Return up to one target artifact, one target en- up to one target enchantment, up to one target instinct card, up to one target sorcery card, up to one planeswalker card from your graveyard to your hand, and exile this card. <clears throat> uh, so for four mana, you can return up to almost five things. I don't see any situation where this card is bad. I wanted to make a shout-out to that card specifically because Reconstruct History, that's a Boros staple from now on.
1: Yeah, especially for four mana. It's ridiculous.
0: (laughs) It's so good. Like, I cannot see a situation where that card is bad. You're getting something back almost any time you're playing that yeah but that's not my number nine. My number nine um I'm gonna do a shout out to a reprint because my wife loves this card, and I think it is one of the funniest things you can do to a commander in Commander in general, and the fact they reprinted it makes me laugh even more because when you when you think about this card, you don't think it's good it's it really seems really terrible. But when you think about turning off someone's commander that's super big and, like, important to their deck, it's really good to do to them. So for, like, Golos. We all know Golos is going to be bad because he's going to activate that ability and just cheese out some big bad spells. But what if he couldn't do that anymore? My (laughs) shout-out is to you, Darksteel Mutation, and your one colorless, one white enchantment aura. Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature is an insect artifact creature with base power and toughness, 0-1, and has Indestructible, loses all other abilities, card types, (laughs) and creature types. Here, enjoy your 0-1 Indestructible. And it's vanilla, minus the Indestructible part. So it's Indestructible, so they can't destroy their own creature. They'd have to sacrifice it or destroy the aura. So now they have to use resources to get rid of this thing because now it's just turned off their commander completely. That's so evil. Yeah, and it's, it's, it was printed back in the 2013 commander set. Back in those days, and I don't think it's seen a reprint since, and a lot of people don't like it. And I have to say, have you ever seen a Darkstile mutation hit your commander before? That stuff, if your commander is not a planeswalker, <laughs> Oh my gosh, it just makes you so unhappy because now you have to f- you have to find enchantment removal fast. Because yeah. if your deck synergizes with your commander at all, uh you need it. <laughs> and be having it turned off. It's like can you imagine playing Corvold and then somebody dark mutating it? Jeez. <laughs> like now you have to figure out how to like, get rid of the enchantment, which of course, you're playing green and Corvold and you have like probably naturalizer crows and grips in there but you know now you have to waste the resource to do so i think
1: that little enchantment it's
0: yeah it's such a silly enchantment that's usually super situationally good and like a lot of people just look at it and just think "Eh, it's not a good card there's better things out there yeah sure there is but how often do you have to waste a resource to get something valuable back online like as fast as you can and in little time because in commander you need to be moving all the time and if you're shut down for any given number of turns you can almost lose steam and your deck ends up dying Yeah So my shout out on number 9 is Darksteel Mutation. I love you. <laughs> So now we're on ten, are we? Yep. The last one.
1: Long. Um I had wake the past for this one. It's oh a five uh, yeah, it's a five and one <laughs> red, one white, sorcery. Return all artifact cards from your battlefield or from your graveyard to the battlefield. They gain haste until the end of turn. And so usually with this sort of return, you see they gain haste and sacrifice at the end of the turn. But nope, you just return everything and you're good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think this effect is really awesome. I have to be honest a little bit about this, though. Mm -hmm. I think this card's a little off-theme of the deck. Only because with Oscar exiling your own artifacts out of the graveyard, like, the only time this is good is if you're reanimating those big bombs we were talking about earlier.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Like, I feel like this card's really good. Don't get me wrong. I love this card. I think it's a great, like, game-ending card, and that's what it should be. But as far as, like synergies go, I feel like this card was a little weird in the deck because the commander gets rid of things out of your graveyard. I think maybe in like a in a deck upgrade, there would be a way to maybe figure out how to figure a way around this and yes, by the way, um we will be doing an e d h game that we're going to attempt to record, and I will be playing this deck and we will be doing budget upgrades so don't you worry we i will go into all the fun stuff and i'll even go into what i do with it but yes i i do like this card i just feel like it's uh it's a little bit off um off base a little bit from what the decks doing yeah,
1: but it's really fair. good
0: um so for my number 10 um i'm going to make a shout out to one that actually is a really funny card i think it's great I don't know if you saw this one. Cursed Mirror. Two colorless, one red artifact. It taps for one red, but it has this little effect at the bottom. As Cursed Mirror enters the battlefield, you may have it become a copy of any creature on the battlefield until end of turn, except it gains haste. <laughs> oh, you got a big ol' Eldrazi over there? Cool, let me play my three-drop version.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> Granted, it's only until turn, but with haste, like, all you have to do is have an opponent with a big scary creature, you get a hasty one, pretty sure that's game-changing right there for three mana.
1: Yeah, for three mana.
0: And if you're desperate and enough to use on... it for a mana rock, it's it's important too. It's like, this is a key card I think in the deck.
1: Depending on what else is in your hand, too. Um, three mana makes it really accessible.
0: Yeah, like, even if you play as a three mana, mana rock, later on with Oscar, you could sacrifice it, and then you could copy it out of your graveyard for three and copy two giant things in play. Yeah. For three mana. Two with haste. That That's probably game ending right there. For only three mana. I think that's amazing. Cause potentially if you think about it, if you think about the, the turn cycle, you play it turn three. Um artifacts usually don't have to deal with that summoning sickness thing, so you can activate it right away. If you choose since it's a May effect, you can choose not to make it become a creature. You could tap it, sacrifice it to Oscar right there, and then set up for the for the next turn, and then just drop it.
1: Oh yeah, that's true, and, and that,
0: that's so good. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: I was just thinking, like, what about pairing it with sculpting steel? So you could drop in two big baddies.
0: Oh, that's that's good. Wow, I didn't think about that. He's sculpting steel, steel the the mirror. Wow, that's good. Good synergy combo there. Yeah. So, well, I think Lorehold as a commander deck. We're at that final part here where we're going to talk about how we feel about red-white. Is it a Boros deck, Kayla?
1: Um, I feel like it's a little off-brand for Boros, which is good. Um, definitely not as much sorcery and instances as i see combat tricks in typical boros but what's your opinion
0: i think it's really solid too um i think that it's really going in a direction that we needed to see red white go into that wasn't just aggro equipment instant sorcery like you were saying i feel like that theme's like kicking the dead, the dead horse a bit, you know, the saying goes. Yep. You know, it's just, you know, we've seen it so much. Can we please, like, get away from that for two seconds? I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. So seeing something that's a little off-brand, that's actually pretty good, that has a lot of great support. Also, um... An un- honorable mention that we did not talk about because it was a reprint, and I'm sure neither of us need to talk about it because if you're playing red with artifacts to ready, this scrap boy is of course number one in the deck, yeah, <laughs> we didn't talk about it because we both just know this thing's got ready in the deck. this deck's gonna be great,
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: Uh Duretti, didn't need Duretti, uh, but
1: yeah.
0: It, like, its power level was already c- pretty questionable, but with Duretti, it's even more powerful. Uh, Duretti, Scrap Savant. Three colorless, one red. Planeswalker. Uh, plus two, discard up the two cards, then draw that many cards. Minus two, sacrifice an artifact. If you do, return Dargar artifact from graveyard to the battlefield. And minus ten is... You get an emblem. Whenever an artifact is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return it to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. And it starts with three loyalty and it can be your commander. So with this in the deck, I think this deck is even more powerful. If you see the ready hit play in this deck, pretty sure it's going to be game over very quickly. Yeah. Um, But there was an honorable mention that was not in the deck that I feel like should have seen a reprint because that card value needs to go down. (laughs) Can you guess? Because I haven't told you this. But what's a great Uh, artifact uh, card that's not in the deck? I'll give you a hint. It's sitting up at $50 and it was a commander card. (laughs) Not from Commander Legends. It was printed in a Commander deck.
1: I don't know. You got me.
0: Dockside Extortionist. If you're not familiar with that, um, it is a powerful red card that should have been printed in this deck. Not that it would have been as good, but... I think it was something that should have been included. I don't know if I'm
1: familiar with that.
0: So it's one colorless, one red. Goblin pirate. When it enters the battlefield, create X treasure tokens. X is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control, and it's a one, two.
1: Okay. So, that's a lot of ramping.
0: Yeah. uh, Let me see. uh, I'm going to try and figure out which uh, commander deck that was printed in. Here, a quick second. It was printed in the 20... 19 ones, which means it was either in the uh, Populate one, or the or the Mystic Intellect deck. I think it was. Sorry, I'm looking this up real quick. Oh, good. Just, just to kind of give some background here for people who might be searching for it. this card is really good and you should probably look at trying to get this. Yeah, deckside Extortionist is in that deck. Uh, One. Yep. So, yeah, I think, I think that um, that uh, Lorehold Commander deck is super solid. I wish they would reprint reprinted Dockside Extortionist a bit. But, you know, it's sitting at $50. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. On to the next one, which is... Is it your favorite, Kayla? Uh,
1: it... Is it? Uh, yeah. I mean I have feelings about, performance. is it... <laughs>
0: Are you sure? I think is yeah. it's fine.
1: Oh, uh, do you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Is it pretty balanced? I think so. All right. So, what should we talk about? Number one in this deck.
1: Um, number one, I had obviously the commander. Just look at that wall of text.
0: <laughs> yeah. Magecraft, a super good new mechanic. Uh, maybe, Kayla, do you want to you read all of this?
1: Sure. So, Commander is Zephi, Thunder, Conductor, two, one blue, one red. Um, it's got Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, scry one. If that spell's mana value is 5 or greater, create a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. If that spell's mana value is 10 or greater, Sapphire Thunder Collector deals 10 damage to an opponent chosen at random.
0: Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Thunder Collector? That's not his name.
1: Oh, shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, if you don't know... <laughs> yep, if you didn't know this, um that was something that the community was talking about for a while. Um there was um I guess they were going through a naming process and they decided to change the name maybe like last minute and they didn't change it in the word box, but the word box does refer to him. So if you do play this, oh. they errated it for that reason, but yes, <laughs> they never fixed the text box and it does read that way. They are aware of it and they're like oops.
1: <laughs> that's
0: hilarious. So Yeah, it's a pretty funny one. Um I think he's really solid. Um it's is it deck doing is it things, but it's Prismari. No, it's it's is it. You're playing instants and sorceries. You can't tell me that's not an is it thing to do. <laughs> uh yeah, so Play play, instants and sorceries, any variety of them, and this commander's good. It's basically what it says, I think, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Okay, I don't think we need to say any more about that. And maybe we should go on the number two. Uh,
1: next up, I had another one of the legendary creatures. I had Varan Voice of Duality.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah. I love the flavor <laughs> of it. But man, did they have to do this to us? Um well, of
1: course, so, this is it.
0: Yeah. Silveyran so Voice of Duality is one colorless, one blue, one red. Legendary creature, a Frite wizard. That's a new one. We have not yep. seen a Frites in a while. And it got a Legend, finally, which is kind of neat. Um, it has Magecraft, which is whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, um, Varen Voice of Duality, gets plus one, plus one until turn. Magecraft is a new mechanic from Strixhaven. Um, they basically say whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, do this. There's a whole bunch yep. of different types of effects with it. Um, if you like this kind of thing, definitely check out the set. They have it in every color. Um there's also a second line of text on here that is if you're casting or copying an instant or sorcery, causes an ability to trigger uh, causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger that ability triggers an additional time. You
1: gotta love the So time.
0: Oh yeah. And it's a two-two. It's kind of weak, but for a three-three, I think this card is great. Um, you kind of pair it up that
1: out as your commander.
0: Oh yeah, I think this is a great card. This one would be uh, super. Is it? Uh, mm-hmm. This is a great storm commander for like Grape Shot, Mind's Desire, any of those big stormy cards. Yep. Super good. Um. It doesn't really cause an ability to trigger of a permanent you control, um, when you storm like that. But if you have something like I don't know, a thousand-year storm in the deck, uh, you kind of just start going off really fast. <laughs> so on to number three.
1: Um, number three, I had dazzling sphinx. So three, two blue, flying sphinx. Um when it deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile an instant or sorcery. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then that player puts the exile cards that weren't cast on the bottom of their library.
0: That's a pretty sweet card. I don't like the stipulation you have to hit someone with it though. But yeah, I think that's it's fair. pretty sweet. That's a cool card. I think um, blue getting kind of nerfed down a bit with that is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so, because blue does not need any more power, but they still seem to give it more power than it should need. So, uh, on to number
1: 4 Uh, let's see. Before I had Epic um, Experiment.
0: Oh that's a that's a decent reprint actually. Especially in an instance and in sorceries matters deck. It's really yeah. good. Um so you excel. uh it's Epic Experiment. X blue and red sorcery. Um, Exile the top X cards of your library. You may cast instant and sorcery spells with the mana value X or less from among them without paying their mana cost, a.k.a. uh, converted mana cost for the old people who know it as that. Then put all cards exiled this way that weren't cast into your graveyard. It's really big. This is a big storm card. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree, Kayla? This is uh this is a pretty big game ender right here.
1: Yeah, those X cost cards and Storm, they just They're too much sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, you dump like what, eight mana into X with your with um, the commander, the forerunner of the deck, and it just you just make this big bomb and then he's doing 10 damage and then you're casting a bunch of spells that are less than it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing you probably, if you're lucky enough, you get like anywhere from like 3 to 1 spells from exiling like 8 off the top of your deck. That's if you're lucky. I don't imagine like if you dump 8 into this, you're getting any more than that because of the amount of creatures and lands that are in this deck. Yeah. But it's a really good card. Um, It really goes off very quickly, and it's a pretty big game-ender. Like, you're casting a spell and you're dumping a ton of mana into this, you're probably winning the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so. Uh, we're on to number five?
1: Number five, I had Fiery Encore. Ooh.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's got Storm right in the text.
0: So, how much mana is this card?
1: So we have four and one red sorcery. Discard a card, then draw a card. When you discard a non-land card this way, Fiery Encore deals damage. Equal to that card's mana value to target creature or planeswalker, and then storm.
0: Hmm. That seems kind of high costed storm for what? How little it does, huh? It's good. Yeah, I love fair. it. But like, I imagine that uh, you're not cast. You're. Ca- casting a lot of, like, little spells and then maybe casting this big one, but if you're doing it this way, you're trying to kill something on board with it. So you're not necessarily really wanting to storm hard with this, which is why I think it's a little strange that it had the word storm in it, because now it's just a, it's just a big it's just a high-costed loot effect with doing a big ping effect. Yeah. And I I I don't know, I think it's I think it's neat. I definitely would not have included this in my ten if, if I was doing a ten for this one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's is it doing is it things? <laughs> so, um, it's a it's an it's an interesting card. I feel like um, in most like is it decks, maybe not on theme with this deck. I would maybe cycle this card for something else. But if, if you were building a deck that reduces cost of spells, this card would actually be really... I just think for what it is, it's a little expensive. Yeah. Like, maybe, could they have maybe dropped it to 4 mana, not 5? And this would have been yeah, a bit four. better. Yeah,
1: 4 would have been a lot better.
0: And I think it would have been more balanced, too. It wouldn't have been super overpowered. 5 just almost makes it unplayable. It's playable in the decks that you can play it in, but it's like if you're not like you can't just throw this in a normal red deck. This is a very you kind of you need to be doing a storm deck with it. And grape shot, I feel like is way better. It's a colorless and a red sorcery, deal one damage to any target, um, and storm for two mana. And if you're doing a Storm deck thing, you've already cast a ton of spells. So, I mean, yes, this potentially could do really big damage out of nowhere. Like, it's great for removing Planeswalkers. I think that's one thing I will have to say. That's the only thing I'm not griping about uh, on here is, it's great Planeswalker removal. Yeah. Um, But as far as creature removal goes, I think there's better things. I wish they would have not Singled it to target creature or planeswalker. I wish they would have just put any target on here, but then it would have been a little bit overpowered, and that actually might have made more. I feel like that would have made it a lot better for its cost if it was any target instead of being specific.
1: Yeah, I I suppose that's true. Like an any target ability really would have opened yeah. up the possibilities.
0: Speaking that, it's it's a rare too. I feel like for a rare, it should have been something like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because you're doing a loot effect, which you're you're losing cards when you do it. Yeah, it's a it's a good card for storm decks. It's really good for those. But like if you're not storming, I would never play that card. <laughs> so what about number six? What do you got?
1: Um, I had. Let's see if I could pronounce this. <laughs> It's metallurgic
0: summonings. <laughs> oh. What a good reprint. Yeah. It's not expensive either. And for uh and sorceries Matters deck, super solid. Um uh, uh, did you you read the last one, right? I will read mm-hmm. this one. Yep. So Metallurgic Summonings. 3 colorless blue and blue enchant. Whenever you cast an or Sorcery, create an XX colorless construct artifact creature token. Where X is that spell's mana value, or CMC as it used to be referred to. Then it has this other effect. 3 colorless blue and blue exile mylargic summonings. Return all incense and sorcery cards from your Graveyard to your hand. Activate this only if you have six or more artifacts. So, how do you feel about this?
1: Um, so, obviously you're playing a lot of sorceries and instants And free creatures, I mean.
0: Yeah, with and with... So good, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, with it, it just made me feel like Shark Typhoon should go in the deck, too. Wow,
0: you know what? Why the heck wasn't that reprinted into this deck? (laughs) Like, wow. That would have been an interesting thing to throw in here.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I know, I... I have to toss up. I think Metallurgic Summonings is a bit better. Which is kind of sad. That's like, you know, for the power level that this deck is, I feel like they probably should have put Shark Typhoon in instead because now they've got a big recursion spell in the the deck. Yeah. That's generating value. So if you have your commander out with this and you cast um, a pretty decently costed spell like, a 5 or greater spell, you get two tokens. You get a 4-4 four, four blue-red elemental creature token and a 5-5 five, five construct for casting one 5-drop spell. So, like, even that, like, storm card, I was just kind of... I was kind of ranting about how I didn't like it. That card's even really good in yeah. this situation. It's like, wow. You cast this big bomb spell and you don't care how good it does because... You just basically put nine power into play for casting. Um, wow, i <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, dreams do come true.
1: Yeah, it's a solid enchantment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh... so uh, Melodic summonings, a uh, great card. If you're playing an instant sorcery deck with, or a deck with tons of those, and you have blue involved, definitely include this card. It's really good because even if you like cast something at instant speed, you're getting a your creature out of it, no matter what yeah. value. And having a creature can can sometimes change that balance of life and death. This card will save your life.
1: Mhm. <laughs>
0: So, uh, what we that that was number six or seven?
1: Um, uh, I think we're on
0: seven now. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're on seven.
1: So, seven, I had let's see, I had reinterpret.
0: Uh oh, <laughs> you know, I'm so seeing a too- theme in this deck. <laughs> Go ahead and That's read it. the card, and then we will we will talk about that when, as you finish reading this card.
1: um, We have two, one blue, one red for an instant. Counter target spell. You may cast a spell with an equal or lesser mana value from your hand without paying its mana cost.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So... Kayla, can you tell me a situation where this card's not good?
1: Uh no.
0: Okay. So here's the problem. If you've noticed the trend with this deck is it seems to be winning at endgame. Which that's what Commander wants you to do. That's what we all play for. Why is this deck so hard pressed at winning in late game and Geared in it. Um, There are some other cards in the deck that really help it even accelerate to go fast. Yeah. Um, When I was looking at the deck list when they first revealed this one, because I think this one was like one of the first ones they revealed, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. And.
0: I was talking with my fellow Commander players, and I, I was just like, this deck is the strongest. And we all when thought I saw it the other deck list... <laughs> we, all, we all were worried about Blue-Green being overpowered as crud, but look at the Izzet deck list, and you'll understand the utility of the deck is so powerful that, like, if you know how to play those colors at all this deck you're gonna win and you don't even have to alter the deck very much like it's not CDH, it's not cdh level but for casual players this deck is so powerful out of box that you don't need to do much to make it even more powerful nope and the the amount of control it has is unreal like i was baffled at it i was like I've not seen this much control in a while that they've made in the pre-con. Mhm. <laughs> so I was a bit shocked because I thought that was absurd that they made that much. So yeah, um, <clears throat> reinterpret is a game-ending card. If you don't need, if you don't know that, um, so we're gonna give you a situation of. Your opponent casts a game-ending spell, like we talked in the Boro stack that, like, what, seven-drop return artifacts from your graveyard to the battlefield with haste? Yeah. Uh, l- let's reinterpret that. So now you're—you countered it for four, and now you're casting something at instant speed for seven or less <laughs> from your hand. So, if you were to alter this deck slightly and you put like something like Omniscience in, and somebody went to cast Light still and you reinterpret it, you just got Omniscience into play for free. At instant and counter to spell. Yeah. Like, there's no way this is a sleeper card. If you're playing, is it? Izzet and is It's one of your favorite color schemes? This is a staple in those colors. It's mm-hmm. a game ender. Out of nowhere. It's a it's a counterspell that you hold for the late game. Because you know your opponents are going to cast bigger spells later on. So this is one you hold onto with a big spell in hand, and out of nowhere basically turn the table on somebody's possible game-winning play into your game-winning play.
1: Yeah, it's nasty.
0: <laughs> I would almost argue that this is almost as powerful as Mana Drain. And Mana Drain's a 2 draw. Um, Mana Drain, of course, is still really good. It's two two blue instant counter-target spell, and then you add that spell's mana value as colorless mana to your mana pool at the beginning of your next main phase. Pre-combat main phase, specifically. So your first main phase after your upkeep and draw before combat. So... When when you have when you're talking about a counterspell that's that you you can almost see more as valuable as an eighty dollar counterspell, it's a good card. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about reinterpret. I think it's way overpowered for four mana. It's 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 better than counterflux, and counterflux is an anti storm card. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, let's go on to number nine after talking about the big bomb nastiness.
1: Um, Number nine, I had another legendary creature. Um I went with Riona fire dancer. So, three and two red for a three four. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create X tokens that are copies of another target creature you control, where X is one plus the number of instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn. They gain haste. Exile them at the beginning of the next end step.
0: Uh, excuse me? (laughs) Excuse me? So, what you're telling me... We have a legendary creature in here that makes tokens based on your storm count. Like, of yeah. any one creature you have. So, okay. Let's be real for a second. This is this is not is a deck. This is a Prismari deck, right?
1: Uh, sure.
0: <laughs> okay. We're going to be honest, this is an is it deck Prismari yeah. decks. You can tell me it's it's Prismari as much as you want me to as you, much as you want to tell me that. But I I got to be honest. We've had is it. we had two is it decks in the past. Um the Sahili the gifted one was a Tron deck. Where it didn't have as much is it synergy. Um but the Mizzix commander deck, that one was an instance and Sorceries Matters deck, and this one, I think, is on par with that, and that one was absurdly overpowered as well. Yeah. And you're telling me that, like, uh, I don't know if we had Shark Typhoon or Metallurgic Summonings, and you're already making huge tokens, that we have a commander in here that's Making tokens based off your storm count. <laughs> if you have a bunch of five fives, and you're like, "I'm gonna storm! I'm gonna cast like six incense and sorceries this turn." Oh look! I'm going to create seven six sixes with haste. Granted, this is a five drop, which is kind of late-ish in game, but a storm count. Commander in red. That sounds really fun. Pulling this deck, pulling this card out of the deck and making it on its own, this could actually be a really fun deck. But I do not like the fact that we basically almost have an out-of-box storm deck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is it real?
0: But I have to say... Oh, it's... Is it... Is it enough? I think it's plenty, is it? I don't think. I think. I think Niv Mizzet is quite satisfied with this. Is it plethora? <laughs> uh, so on to number 10. R- R- Riona, Fire Dancer, I'm watching you. You seem like a very fun card. I'll keep an eye on you.
1: Um. I think we're on number 9, actually.
0: Is it number 9? Okay. Sorry.
1: No, you're good. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so, I picked a weird one. I picked Sly Instigator. So, 3 and 1 blue. It's a human wizard. 2, 4. Uh, you pay 1 blue and tap until your next turn. Target creature and opponent controls can't be blocked. Go to that
0: creature. You know, this card seems like kinda of bad if you think about it. But let's be honest here. One of your opponents has phage in play and you give it unblockability, you're killing one of your opponents. Oops.
1: Oops. Yeah, and just going like <laughs> with the rest of the deck, like very heavy instant and sorcery um themed. You just take Being able somebody to push. else's. Yeah, somebody else's. Yeah. sure. Like, God. hey, <laughs> you attack, not me.
0: Yeah, I'm not doing anything over here. Not storming at all. Nope. Eyes swift. Eyes uh, shifting side to side. No, I'm innocent. Leave me alone. I promise you, I am not playing. Is it things? I'm Prismari. I am cool and not is it. Totally. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that card's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty fun for like somebody's going to combat step and you think you've made somebody mad and they're gonna swing their big thing at you and you just be like, eh, no, you go that way. Yep. And even if you don't need it anymore, it's it's, it's okay. It's a little bit of a chomper. It's a two four. It's a uh, two four, so it's got decent stats for its cost.
1: Yeah, oh, horrible.
0: But for like how powerful the deck is, I'm okay with having maybe a one little chump block creature. that's like, nee 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 nee, kind of thing. <laughs> Go that attack that, that way. Nasty. And and goading forces their creature to attack. So if it's yep. like something they didn't really want to attack with, now they kind of have to.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And it has to attack somebody that they don't know. So, like, you do this to one, somebody else's commander and they have to go swing at someone. That's commander damage. I can't be blocked.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, uh, That's damage. going
0: to make that person... Not the person who's goading, but the person who's swinging the commander. It's going to make people want to get rid of the commander faster than this thing. Because are you going to just continually ignore the fact you're getting hit with commander damage when you can't heal commander damage?
1: Yeah.
0: You're probably going to get rid of either this or the commander, but most likely you're going to get rid of the commander first because it's a deck synergizer. And this kind of makes com- it makes commanders look at other, other ways, if- especially if it's a creature-formed commander. Planeswalker <laughs> commander this card's not as good against, but I think it's situationally okay.
1: Yeah, I like it.
0: So now are we on to number 10?
1: Now we're on 10. Um, 10, I had another legendary creature. Um, I just really liked this one. So it was Octavia Living Thesis. And it's an 8 cost. One blue, one blue elemental octopus. And it's an 8, 8. The spell costs 8 less to cast if you have 8 or more instants and or sorcery cards in your graveyard. It has ward 8, which is ridiculous. Um, And magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, target creature has base power and toughness 8-8 until end of turn.
0: You know... I appreciate this card. I'm not happy it's in the storm deck because you know this card's gonna be the big bomb in here. Yeah. <laughs> but if you think about it like, okay, the thing is in an instance in Sorcery's Matter deck, and if you're playing this in your command zone, uh you're probably gonna get Bajuka bogged if you try to play this deck.
1: Yeah. That's um, true. No more graveyard. But,
0: <laughs> Let's be real about that magecraft effect. So, let's say we do get into play. It costs eight to target. So, your opponent's probably going to have to board wipe because spending eight mana plus whatever spell you're trying to cast to target this thing is not even a reasonable answer. And since it's not hexproof, you can't just be like, well, it loses hexproof. It's ward, it's not a keyword. So, you have to board wipe this thing or make each player sacrifice a permanent, yada yada yada, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. So once this thing's in play, it's really hard to get rid of. Um, but that Magecraft, I wanted to make an interesting shout-out here. I don't know if you realize this, but I realized that when I was reading Magecraft, of there's a little interesting clause in there of copy.
1: Oh, yeah. So
0: if you have an Isochron Scepter in the deck... You can get that ma- magecraft pretty consistently.
1: Hmm.
0: So, uh, I don't know off the top of my head if there's an instant that makes tokens, but... Oh, right. Sorry. Yes, there kinda is. Uh, Resculpt, actually. Which is in the deck.
1: Hmm.
0: Resculpt is a colorless a blue instant. It's a strict saving card. Exile target artifact or creature, its controller creates a 4 4 blue and red elemental creature token. Oh, yeah. So if you put that on Isochron Scepter, and I don't know, you're creating like little tokens from something, who knows, and then you just keep resculpting it, you're getting 4 4s and you can turn them into 8 8s anytime you're doing that. I think that's... I don't think... I think the card, the the one I was just talking about on the Isochron Scepter is a meh card, but at the same time, think about Isochron Scepter and just being able to copy things and then getting that Magecraft proc. Because Isochron yeah. Scepter reads that you copy the imprinted instant on there. It's a two-drop colorless artifact with imprint that you exile... An instant with, a com- with the mana value or converted mana cost of two or less from your hand. So you exile it basically onto Isochron Scepter. And then Isochron Scepter can tap two close, tap it, and copy it. Huh. So I think this card, Isochron Scepter, is really good in the Octopus deck. Because it's a guaranteed copy. Almost every turn. Doesn't even matter what you put on it. All you need to do—you could even run like vanilla creatures that can't be blocked. You know, there's tons of those one drops that say "I can't be blocked." You turn those into 8-8s. Oh, yeah. That's a nasty thing. <laughs> Turns yeah, these a like ton little. Of
1: those in blue.
0: Yeah, you turn these like little, like insignificant things into big, scary. Why is this a thing, deck? <laughs> um but this card i i love it too like i love the mono red and the mono blue includes that they have in this deck of the legends i think those are notable and they're really great and i think i'd love to see those built as commanders separately
1: yeah there's a lot of options um, with this deck
0: there sure is um i would like to make some unroll mentions in the deck that we did not talk about and then we're going to talk about the one thing about this deck. So the two I would love to make a kind of dedication to is Inspiring Refrain, four colorless blue-blue sorcery, draw two cards, Exile Inspiring Reframe with three time counters on it. It also has Suspend three, two colorless and one blue. So for those of you who do not know... You can, for suspend, you can put this card into exile for two colors and one blue with three time counters. And once the last time counter is removed, you cast this spell without paying its mana cost. And they have another one called Rousing Reframe that also has this suspend effect it's three colors and two red sorcery. Add one red for each card in target opponent's hand. Until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. Exile, rousing reframe with three time counters on it. It also has to spend three for one colorless and one red. These two are those We've already had cards in the past that do this similar effect, but this is really good in storm storm count decks, because if you can if you can sync these up, every third turn you're casting two two decently sized instants and sorceries. And these are yep. reoccurring. They they recast every three turns. And I think yeah, these I was- two cards were overpowered. This is what these were the two cards. When I saw these two cards in the deck with also that counter spell, I just looked at it and I went, This deck is really insane.
1: I was surprised to see them come back with the suspend.
0: Yeah, that mechanic has not been seen since Time Spiral block. <laughs> that is that is an old mechanic that they brought back. And I would love to see more of it. I was just I'm a little upset that the the Prismari <coughs> is it uh deck, uh got these kind of unique things back, especially since they're really dealing with this magecraft effect, which means that these things going off every third turn could be potentially deadly. Yep. And the only way to really stop this chain from continuing is if you counter. Which, uh, if you're holding a counter up for this card suspended out, that's not always a good thing. Because then they could also be holding up a response as well. Yeah, it's almost... It's
1: almost like a waste of of a counterspell.
0: Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. Speaking that one of them just draws value for, like... It's basically a divination that reoccurs every third turn. Mm -hmm. And divination's great. But, um... Aside from that... Kayla, how do you feel about the deck?
1: Um, how do I feel about this? Is it deck? Well, it's very is <laughs> it?
0: Uh, I think uh, it's. I think is it is a bit overpowered, don't you?
1: Yeah, I feel like Niv Mizzet would be proud. <laughs>
0: Yes. Like, gosh, you throw Ral Zeric to Storm Conduit in this deck, <laughs> He would be so good. You like, know. this deck is perfectly built for storms, and all you have to do is, like, get a little bit of those storm cards, take out some of the bulkier spells to get some early turn storm effects in, and I think this deck is done. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. need much to turn this deck into a... A-C-E-D-H in here. It's very powerful. Um, yeah. So, without further ado, let's move on to the Quantum Quadrics, I think. Because I think we're done with the Is It Matters deck.
1: Um, wait, can we take a quick break? Yes,
0: we can take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: I'm good. Whenever.
0: Yeah. So we're back from our break here. Um, sorry about that. We just had to take a little breather. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna probably split this off. We're gonna do the other two uh, commander, the last two commander decks um, on another recording. But we're gonna finish this one up with Quantum Quadrics, the Simic colored deck, and. Starting off with number one on the list, Kayla, I think you want to read this commander.
1: Oh, I sure do. Um, I just love this deck, by the way. Um, It's Adrex and Nev, twin casters. We got two colorless, one green, one blue. They're Merfolk Wizard, which I love that tribal type. Um, And they're 2-2. They have ward too. And if one or more tokens would be created under your control, twice that many of that of those tokens are created instead.
0: So parallel lives on a creature, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> on a and commander it's token.
0: nonetheless. It's token specific, so it's not even creatures. Yeah. So if you're creating treasure tokens, you create double. Yep. <laughs> um, there has been a little bit of some weird confusion with this deck, though, that it has come up that I've noticed. I've seen people talking about it. And I'm not oh. sure about it either. And I have to ask you, Kayla, because I'm I'm a little baffled, too, about it. So... This whole theme of this deck is based around these new tokens called Fractals. Yeah. Right? So, mm-hmm. most of these Fractal effects, these Fractals come in as 0 zeros, and then they get the counters put on them. How in the world does this work with that?
1: Like, how do they survive initially yeah, entering the battlefield? because...
0: Yeah, so like, for example, um, if we look at Biomathematician, he's a human wizard, uh, one colorless, one green, one blue, two two. When he EBTs, enters the battlefield, create a zero zero green blue fractal creature token and put a one one counter on each fractal creature you control. See, that one makes sense because then you get two of them, you put two one one counters on each of them. Is that one like that one? Okay, uh, that I understand. That works. Now. Well, here's the one living... that's here's the one that's weird for me, which is Paradox Zone. It's four colorless one green enchantment. Enters battlefield with a growth counter on it. At the beginning of your end step, double the number of growth counters on Paradox Zone. Then create a zero, 0 green and blue fractal creature token and then put X-1-1 counters on it, where X is the number of growth counters on Paradox Zone.
1: I so, mean, didn't we see this in Living Weapons, though? It was create a 0, zero what was it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, the germs. germs. Yeah. Yeah. So, isn't it the same thing, basically? So you, you one of them gets the counters and then one just comes in as a generic zero zero? Yeah, I guess so, that's true. As far as like as a ability is concerned, this commander's really good, but as far as the deck synergy goes, it's really not good for the deck. It's not good for fractals. For it's like playing armies, if you've ever played the army mechanic, it's the exact same thing. If you duplicate your zombie army, only one of them gets the counter and the other one dies. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Like, the only thing is that biomathematician that just puts a counter on all your fractals, that's one that gets around it because it puts a counter on both of them. It's not specifically one. When it's specifically stating to one instance of a target like that just like the army zombie army mechanic from War of the Spark only one of them survives and the fractals are the same in that regard. So I love the pair- commander but they did not pair it up with a good mechanic which was supposed to be the new showboat mechanic in the deck.
1: Well going with the commander like if you pair it with geometric next this, um, create a zero-zero green and blue fractal token. Put x, x plus one plus one counters on it, where x is the number of charge counters removed this way. So you wouldn't get copies of the counters as well.
0: That is correct. It's exa- if you remember the amass mechanic from War of the Spark, you only put it on the on one army, even though if you had a double token effect, you only get it on the one. Because it's not specifying multiple fractals, it's specifically stating one. The one that you're generating the effect for gets those counter. Um for like copying like spells like Lithoform Engine, if you copied like an X costed hydra spell you're copying the spell so you get that value but since mm. this is just copying the token generically it's not gaining the effect of the token, the counters for it so it's exactly like the amass mechanic where it was you put counters on one thing you can double the, ca- the tokens but you will not get the double the counter effect so one will come in as a zero zero and die Which, if you think about it, all you have to do is put some Morbid effects in here, and you got some weird, like, (laughs) blue-green Morbid effect deck going, which is kind of interesting if you built it that way. I don't think a lot of people would expect that, and that would be kind of like an interesting mechanic for someone to play. But that was something um, that I did see that was going on that a lot of people were questioning of, well, how does this work? And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, it's very similar to the mass mechanic, if not identical. Because a mass works the same way—you put counters on a zombie army. But if you double the counters on the zombie arm, if you double the tokens, only one of them still gets the counters, and the other one just dies. Mm-hmm. It's just the same thing. But there's other tokens in the deck which he, this commander, synergizes really well with. It's just the fractal mechanic—it does not synergize well with.
1: Yeah.
0: Like. Could they have just put Metallurgic summonings in this deck? That would have been a great that would synergy have been great. because because that actually has a value assigned to it when that token's being made. So then you would get it. It's not I'm putting this counters on it because that's a separate sentence when you read the effect,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's why it's you get a zero zero with it is because it's, it is a separate sentence and it's not one sentence of this creature enters the battlefield with X counters. It's saying this one specific. If, yeah, that's uh, true. Because all of those read like that. Like I said, the one that was the exception was that mathematician one that puts a counter on each fractal. That one works. Because he's throwing multiple counters on multiple fractals. And that was a keyword thing that they were kind of. I think that one works really well, Digman. If you can flicker him a bunch of times, I think he's he's the synergistic part of the Fractal deck. Mhm. Uh, anyway, let's go on to number two. That was something I had to kind of get off because um, that was something that was kind of blowing up that needed I needed to kind of chat about. Of it does work like that.
1: Because I know. See. Yeah. Oh, go
0: ahead. <clears throat> no, I'm done. I'm done with my rant. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I had Oversimplify next. We'll
0: so oversimplify.
1: Three, one green, one blue for a sorcery. Exile all creatures. Each player creates a zero, zero green and blue fractal token and puts a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the power of creatures they controlled that were exiled this way.
0: Hmm. That's a good board wipe.
1: Yeah. And kind of rare colors, I thought, too.
0: Yeah. I feel like this card's really good, actually. I don't know how I feel about it in the deck, but it's a really good card. Yeah. Because, like, if you splashed in some, like, I don't know, double counter effects on here, so like Branching Evolution, Doubling Season, Primal Vigor, something like that, you get this huge uh, freaking fractal thing after exiling all your things. Even Hidden Scales would be decent, too. Meanwhile, your opponents maybe get, like, a 5-powered one, and you're sitting here with, like, a 12-powered Fractal thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is... I love this card. I think this card's really cool, actually. This was a good choice. Um, This is definitely a yeah, card to flex it. on. It's it's like a and Rebirth, but better, <laughs> I would say. Like, yeah, sure, all your opponents get things, but you're playing blue-green... Uh, there's a pretty big chance that yours is going to be bigger than everybody else's. Yep. So, I think this card is absolutely awesome.
1: Especially with the token ramp.
0: Yeah, especially if you have, like, a ton of tokens. Somebody's got something over out of control going on on their board set and you just do this, and you have a bunch of tokens you don't care about. Like they could have like one huge creature, and then you have like eight tokens, and now you have the big creature, and they have this tiny little itty bitty thing.
1: <laughs> Whoops.
0: It's definitely a great thing for those big like singleton big Voltron decks. So, haha, I have this, I have this big creature. It has all these auras. Cool. It's gone now. <laughs> Enjoy your small little creature.
1: Yeah, have I, fun with
0: that. I don't see a situation where this card is bad when when you're in a bad situation. The only time I don't think this is good is if you're going up against a storm deck. <clears throat> uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, I think this is a really solid card. I don't see how this could ever be a a bad situation card. So let's uh go on to number three. What have we got?
1: Um let's see if I can find it. I had theoretical duplication that was two and one blue for an instant. Whenever a token creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control this turn, create a token copy of that creature.
0: This card right here is perfect mm-hmm. for the deck. Yeah. So, like, your opponent's playing a big bomb. Cool, I'll take two.
1: <laughs> yeah, give me one of those. You...
0: Wait a second, Kayla. Wait. <laughs> I'm noticing a theme here. Uh-oh. We'll have to see if we, if we get it on the, the last two decks, but so far, I've just noticed something. There's a There's a rule of two for each of these decks.
1: Uh you lost me.
0: So 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 we got lower hold. They make two they exile artifact from the graveyard, make two artifacts.
1: Oh You've
0: got you've got the Prismari deck that copies instants and sorceries, so you have two cards, instances, and sources being cast almost per turn. Because of Storm and stuff. Yeah. And this one is making two tokens. (laughs) Alright, I'm going to keep that in our heads for the next episode, and we'll see if the last two colleges do the same thing.
1: I would bet they do.
0: Yeah, we'll just have to figure out what they're two is I just thought about that I was like wait a second there's something here I missed Yeah <laughs> But yes this card uh very solid also another one of those cards are situationally I do not see a situation where this card is bad You know Yeah definitely So, uh, on to number four. What do you got?
1: Um, this one I just love flavorfully. I would make a commander with this card. Um, commander deck. With this as my commander. Okay. Uh, that was Zimone Quandrix, Prodigy. So, one green, one blue for a human wizard. She's a one-two. Pay one tap. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Tap. Pay four. Tap. Draw a card. If you control eight or more lands, draw two cards instead.
0: Wow. It seems like Simic doing Simic things, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> a little bit.
0: For an uncommon? Oh, that is power! Yeah. Uh, It ramps. It's two mana. It's a one-two. Draw power. It it requires draw power. It puts lands in the play. How is this not bad? Again, (laughs) good stuff. This is things we like to see in commander decks. Exactly. This is, you guys are doing good at at the Wizards of the Coast. I'm very satisfied with everything you've put in these decks. <laughs> um, I think these are all solid. I think this card is really good, and it's a Strixhaven card as well. So you can actually open Z- Strixhaven packs and pull this thing. It's an uncommon. Oh, yeah, that's true. For an uncommon, legendary, wow, what a power level!
1: I don't know if I would if I would have made that uncommon. I think she's really
0: solid. Yeah. It's like that power level like vampire Nighthawk.
1: Oh god, yeah. Oh, side note. Wasn't Sensei's top uncommon?
0: Yeah. It was. And now (laughs) it's a rare that's going for absurd amounts of money. We did find out where all the Sensei's tops went. If you ever went to that school, they were in the ceiling. (laughs) Um, We don't talk about that. We don't talk about it, but we know somebody who pulled that card like a common and thought it was garbage because he pulled it so often that he threw them in the ceiling (laughs) because he was tired of seeing it. You can thank him for the Sensei's Divining Top price increase. He bought the original (laughs) Kamigawa set, and that was something he always pulled. So
1: He single handedly Rose Fries he, <laughs> he, <laughs> he
0: he is singly responsible for all those problems that Sensei's top being expensive is.
1: <laughs> Oof.
0: It's okay. I tease him about how much money he threw in the ceiling and and he gripes about me about not talking about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be fair at the I time I don't know if they were that valuable.
0: They were, like, I think he said, like, at the time, they were, like, 50 cents. So, remember, a 50-cent uncommon could eventually turn into a $20 card if you look at it enough. You
1: throw enough into the ceiling.
0: Yeah. So, that was number four. We're on to number five, then?
1: Yep. Um... Next, I have another Legendary. I had Essex Fractal Bloom. That's four, one green, one blue for a fractal creature. Four, four with flying. The first time you would create one or more tokens during each of your turns, you may instead... You may instead choose a creature other than Essex Fractal Bloom and create that many tokens that are copies of that creature.
0: You know, a lot of people online have been talking about Avenger Zendikar. Wow, insane! <laughs> um, actually, um, I I do. I'm like, yeah, Avenger Zendikar. Everybody plays that in green pretty much nowadays. Because, yeah. you know, it's huge, and if you do this with Essex, the fact, you know, you get a ton of plants. But I would like to make a a shout-out to a card doesn't get as much love, it's in green, that I feel like really gets out of control, more so than probably Avenger of Zendikar. What's that? Monocleth. From uh, Shards of Allura. Um... It's a fungus, a green creature. I believe it's cheaper um, mana value than Avenger. Uh, Give me a second. Uh, But yeah, like, that thing, uh, once I get up to it, um, I will tell you... I'm pulling it up real quick, sorry. I think it's Yeah, 5 mana. This card gets reprinted fairly often. It's $2. So, Monocleth, 3 colorless, double green, so for 5 mana value. Creature Fungus, Devour 2. As it enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. This creature enters the battlefield with twice that many 1-1 counters on it. It's a 4-4 on base, Jeez. and it has... It has this awesome little effect that I think people sleep on of, at the beginning of your upkeep, create a 1-1 green sapperling cr- creature token for each 1-1 counter on monoclith. No. Oh, now, geez. you pair this with Essex, um, okay, um, I eat one thing. Okay, it's got two 1-1 counters on it. Being in my upkeep, I'm going to create two Sapperling. Nope, Essex says they're monocliths instead. Monoclith's <laughs> going to eat two monocliths. Hmm. Now it's got four counters on it. Next up, Key. Do it again. Keep going. Uh, this thing gets huge and is making a ton of things. And I think you could make a ton of sapperlings as well. And this thing just exponentially grows. Yeah. You get a bigger one each turn. For each, to- for each instance of a token coming in. Granted, it's a lot slower than Avengers Endicard, because Avengers Endicard still comes in with every single plant. But this thing will exponentially grow. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like um, is a little saddening to me that this wasn't just put into deck, because I feel like this is a Quandrix style of play. Not the Devour effect, but the exponential growth effect. Is kind of what they were going yeah, for, and this thing should have should have been an include. I feel
1: it would have gone because all you have to
0: do is eat one thing with Essex in play, and boom, this thing just exponentially grows on its own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it keeps eating and getting bigger, and I don't even think like you even need to eat all the monocles that get cloned. Ah, uh, you just have. The initial one and then you have two come in and then you have one of them eat the other and then you you have two of them with two 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 one one counters on them now you have two instances of making sapperlings on your stack you do the monocleth thing and then you can start like making a super big monocleth while also making hordes of sapperlings like wow right I'm not crazy. that's that's crazy. That's really strong. You're making tons of yeah. saperlings. like Z- Avenger Zendikar makes zero one plants that you have to dump lands into play to just exponentially make them huge. Monoquoth makes these one ones. They're not zero ones. They are one one. and with with Essex out, the exponential growth I feel is really good.
1: Yeah, I can grow really quickly
0: yeah and if you have even if you have like also the uh, the main commander out with Essex and Monoclith, you're making double monocliths, you're making double the Saperlings. it's just you need a lot of dice and a lot of tokens. It's a very quandrix style thing. I think that the Quandrix gameplay mechanic feel is tr- geared towards it's just making big creatures and going wide. Like, big yeah. creatures and wide field. <laughs> I just wanted to share that one, because I thought that was... Because everybody was talking about Avenger of Zendikar, and I was just like, you know, there's a hidden gem that none of you are talking about, and I feel like you guys really need to be looking at this card, because this will exponentially grow. More so than Avenger of Zendikar will. Avenger of Zendikar is a game ender, but this comes out two turns earlier. So, I don't know. I just feel like Avengers car gets the spotlight too much when this boy has um, been around longer and he needs a little bit more love.
1: <laughs> he needs loving.
0: He needs loving. Alright. So on to the next.
1: Um. Next, I have another legendary creature. So, I don't I don't think it's great, but I love it. Um, it's Kasedo Orochi Archmage. It's one colorless, one green, one blue. For a snake wizard, 2-2. Two, two. Pay one green and one blue. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. If that creature is a snake, it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn.
0: Uh, so this is a, a reprint from the the last um, enemy deck with the Azuri Experience deck.
1: Oh, I didn't um, realize that.
0: Yeah, this was a reprint. Um, I think it was a needed reprint. It was a little expensive. It's a very snake tribal deck thing. Uh, how many snakes are in this deck, Kayla?
1: Not many. <laughs> I don't think there's any, actually.
0: I think he's the only one.
1: Like I said, not great. I just I love it, the unblockable. man.
0: Yeah, I think it's cool to have unblockable, but at the same time, it's not really on deck theme. Um, Thero is definitely like we've talked about some of the the cards, in the decks that aren't really on point. This is another one of those ones. It's it's a good card. Don't don't get me wrong. Good. It's a good card if you're playing Snake Tribal. But this is not a Snake Tribal deck, so what's it doing in here? It's a it's an awesome card. It's it's like really powerful. Like I remember when this card came out, I was like, yeah, like I think he's a great snake commander, but as far as like the deck thing goes, he is definitely super out of place. Um
1: there is another snake in the deck, it's not great, but it's a uh, 1-1 one, one snake. When it enters the battlefield, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it into the battlefield. Otherwise, put that card into your hand.
0: I mean, Coiling Oracle is amazing. It's a two-drop, green and blue. Yeah. But it's... Does it need unblockability? It's a one one. And I don't think that's right. gonna really be a big deal. Um, I mean, I guess if you boost the the effect of of cassetto, um, it becomes a three, three, but I'm pretty sure with how big of other things in the deck are. I'm sure. That you're not doing the effect for snakes. You're trying to do it for the unblockability. And how big these things are, do you really want to make sure your things are unblockable? Does it matter?
1: Um, so, I think it could.
0: It could, Even especially situations. if you're swinging in for lethal. That is true. Um, Definitely something that's a little bit off-board a bit, but it's, it's a good card, like I said, that maybe not inherently the best for the deck. Yeah. Um, so, uh, moving on to our next one. Num- number six, right? Is the next one?
1: Uh, number
0: seven. Man, I'm always one behind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Seven, I had sequence engine. It's two and one green for an artifact. Pay X, tap exile target creature card with mana value X a graveyard create a zero, 00 fractal token put x plus 1 plus 1 counters on it and then it's activate only as a sorcery
0: You know I liked everything about what you were saying except that last line you said Yeah Why at sorcery like you're losing a card and yeah, we have to stipulate expensive. it as a sorcery. Um, if we're gonna do things with an artifact at sorcery speed, birthing pod is a lot better.
1: And that's, you're not ex- you're
0: not permanently losing a creature out of this. Um, I think there is a synergy with it that's not in the deck that you could potentially use this card for. Um, it's good at making tokens, and if you don't care about your things in your graveyard and never getting them back. So, like, um, I don't know if this is on your list, but Ruxa, the patient profesh- professor.
1: Oh, yeah, it's, that's a good one.
0: Um, two colorless, green-green, legendary bear druid. Whenever he enters the battlefield or attacks, return target creature card with no abilities from your graveyard to your hand. Creatures you control with no abilities get plus one, plus one. You may have creatures with no abilities assign their common damage as though they weren't blocked. He's a 4-4 with all that long text. (laughs) But, let's think about it for a second there. If you have Sequence engine with him at the helm, then potentially you're making decent creatures out of it, but even so, you're losing creatures because you're losing his effect of returning things because you're exiling them. Yeah. So I feel like this this didn't have to be exile, and if it was going to be an exile effect, why couldn't it have been just an instant speed? Let me dump a creature I don't care about because I'm getting bajuka bogged on an opponent's turn. Why can't I have an instant speed? Let me put a big thing from my graveyard, uh, a big creature out. From losing my graveyard anyway.
1: Yeah. Gives I feel you like this, instant blockers.
0: Yeah. And it's, Like it's a tap effect on top of it. It's like it's already going to be tapped. You can only do it really once. I mean there's plenty of things to untap things in magic. But at the same time like. Why couldn't we have just gotten something. That didn't have to have the stipulation of sorcery on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was the only thing... Everything you read on that card was really... I was really smiling about, and then you said activate at sorcery speed, and I was like, oh. <laughs> That's just Now I'm everything. sad. Now yeah. I'm really sad, because now the only card I can think of that, that synergizes this with is Eternal Scourge from Eldritch Mo, <laughs> Which is a three-colorless Eldrazi Horror, I believe, is the creature type. I think it's a 2-3 or a 3-3. Whenever it becomes the target of a spell or an ability, exile it, and then you can cast it from exile. So what you do, you throw this in the deck with this artifact, you sacrifice Eternal Scourge, then you exile it for Big X, and then you can keep recasting Eternal Scourge. And then sacking it and doing it over and over and over and over again. Yikes. Also, they have um, the the uh, Sphinx, I believe, from Avicen Restored. That's a blue critter as well. Um, that does the same thing that you can cast it from Exile. But it doesn't have the Exile effect like Eternal Scourge does. So... Yeah. And Sacrifice effects generally don't target, so you could easily get like some sort of weird sac engine going out with this artifact with Eternal Scourge and make this interesting synergy that probably a lot of people don't know about. And that was something I immediately thought of when I was like, Exile creature? Something that Eternal Scourge could potentially be really good in? And then you had to include this stipulation of it was a source. And I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> But even then, like you just include an Eternal scourge in the deck, and that's what that's what you're exiling with this card. And it's a cheap, it's a chump blocker, and then when it comes around to your turn, you can turn that chump blocker into value and then boom, like there's your synergy right there. I actually think this card's really sweet. It makes a synergy that wasn't quite there that wasn't a food chain value engine. Uh, yeah, anyway. We should probably move on from this because I could complain about Food Chain a lot, but we're not here to complain about that. But I'm glad I mean, we have we an artifact. Be. We could be. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like having a card that could synergize with Eternal Scourge is nice. I think that's cool. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very underplayed card. It's like a 50-cent bulk rare, and it has a pretty interesting synergy with this card. With the fact that you could continually keep recasting it and then sacrificing it and then continually keep turning out tokens. Yeah. I think that's kind of neat to turn it around like, like that. Anyway, uh, so that was six, now, now we're on the seven, right? Uh,
1: yep. Seven. Cool. I had Fractal Harness. So, it's X, two, and one green. It's an artifact equipment. When it enters the battlefield, create a zero zero fractal token. Put x plus one plus one counters on it and attach fractal harness to it. Um, when equipped a creature when equipped creature attacks, double the number of plus one plus one counters on it, and then it's got an equip two cost.
0: So. This is a perfect example about what I was talking about earlier, about the fractal thing. Of, you see how it's it's two different lines of text of you're putting X1 counters on it? Mm-hmm. This is another example of so you're getting one and if you double the fractal the second one comes in as a 0, zero and it dies. Yeah. it's um, Like you were talking about, the germs this is basically like a germ effect from the... Uh, from the uh, the morden besieged block, like if you cloned a germ, if you had this effect and you had a germ enter the battlefield, both of the um, both of the germs, um, one would come in with the equipment and the other one would die. But this card is basically the colonial Hydra effect, except only on one creature, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty cool artifact because it's making things big like put this on Mawu <laughs> swole pupper gets even more swole
1: yeah <laughs> he's so. Big. I want to
0: build big boy deck big doggo deck <laughs> he's a good boy good pupper <laughs> yeah fractal harness um, I think it's decent 'Cause you just pay four mana, even if it's a one one, now you can attack with it, turns it to a two two, then a four four, then an eight eight, and it just grows for every time you attack. hmm Which is pretty huge. I think that's that's pretty awesome. And then all you had to do was like maybe throw like a hydrogrowth on it, and then boom. It just gets double 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 double. Blah, 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 blah.
1: <laughs> it's gross. <laughs>
0: So, I think that was a pretty sweet one. Uh, on to number eight. What do you have?
1: Uh, I had Guardian Augmenter. It's a two and one green. Troll Wizard. Uh, it's 2-2 two, two with Flash. Commander, creatures you control get plus two, plus two. And commanders you control have Hexproof.
0: You know what I appreciate about this card? What? If someone's like trying to deal lethal damage, like a burn spell to your creature or like toxic deluge.
1: Flash that in?
0: Yeah, you could flash this in. Um te- if someone's toxic deluging it everything's probably gonna die. But if like it's it's just like minus one, minus one to everything and your commander's like a one one and it's about to die because somebody already hit it with a bunch of damage and stuff. Flash it in, Save your commander. Also, if they try to spot remove your commander and you have this three mana open, flash it out. Save your commander because now it has hexproof and they couldn't target it in the first place. Mhm. This is a very solid green card. This is one that's going to be an auto include for most green decks because it protects yep. your commander. Very that's good a card. Great card. Yep. Solid. Very protective. Boost your commander so you can hit harder. So, no way this card's bad. This card's awesome. Again, there's a lot of these cards of this card is good. Not even situationally, this card will always be decent.
1: Yep, it's a staple.
0: Indeed. And there, I, I, that's another reason why I like these command decks. Is sometimes like there's commander decks that I've just there's been a couple of years where I skipped it because I wasn't interested in it, and there wasn't there wasn't a lot of cards I was interested in. Yeah, there were like two years where I skipped it because I was not interested in the commander decks. Um, I got only one last year, which was a treey because I love the mutate mechanic, and I was like, I need all the mutate. Yeah, that
1: was a great one.
0: Um, this year they really stepped up their game for commander, and then commander legends like. They've really been giving us good things, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Clap. I, I give you guys love. a good clap. Thank you. <laughs> You're making the, the format way better, and I appreciate it. I have been playing Commander since 20, 20, uh, 2010. Long time. And seeing the <laughs> format evolve with, with decent staples that aren't super expensive, thank you. Uh, So, let's go on to number eight.
1: Uh, Or was
0: that that number eight?
1: No, we're on number (laughs) ten. Oh, are we? Yeah.
0: Wow. I'm way off.
1: So, this commander I love. I would love to make a deck around this card. It is Dika, Fractal, Cirrus, um, she's a 4 and 1 blue human wizard, she's a 3-3 three, three with mage craft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a 0, zero fractal token, put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it where X is that spell's mana value, and then she also has pay 3 and 1 blue target creature token can't be blocked.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting deck. Um, the only thing I might complain about is it's mana's a little high its value. But at the same time, it's basically um like melodic summonings on a creature. Yeah. So if you put melodic that... summonings with this deck, oh my gosh. So many tokens.
1: you get that unblockable.
0: Yeah. I think this card. I I looked at it too, and I thought it was kind of cool too. It's it's basically like making huge things for your giant X spells, and blue and green both have plenty of big X bombs that you could easily include in the deck. Like I don't know, green sun zenith or blue sun zenith. And I don't see how not not green sun because this is mono blue, but If we were to just, like, play this as a blue-green deck still and get this out, I think this card would be good. But even not, like, even just having it in a mono-blue, Blue blue sun Zenith, being able to have reoccurring spells that you can just continually keep casting like that, or, like, Nexus of Fate, even Nexus of Fate being such a huge bomb anyway. So you cast it, oh, look, now I get a 7-7, and I take an extra turn. And there's tons of like things like that, like Beacon, the Beacon of Tomorrows, does the same thing except you take two extra turns, a little bit more. It's, it's I think I think it's one mana more than Nexus of Fate, but doing both of those kinds of things and just getting huge creatures with reoccurring spells, pretty huge. And it's not hard to do in blue.
1: Yeah, it's not.
0: So yeah, all the things I mentioned are all extra turn spells, so pretty pretty big things. I'll make a couple of honorable mentions, and then we will talk about the deck a bit. Uh, one of the ones here I'd like to mention is Replication Technique. Um, we didn't talk about these these ones in the other two decks, uh, but this is one I'd like to mention, which it's four colorless, one blue sorcery with Demonstrate. So the Demonstrate is a new commander um, effect that uh, basically, it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like the Tempt cards, except you uh, you choose an opponent instead of letting the entire table be tempted. Um, that's what the Demonstrate effect is. And the effect is on this one is, create a token that's a copy of target permanent you control. And uh, you pick another player to do it, and then you can copy this spell. So you can potentially, okay, I'll let this player copy a, a, to- a, co- a permanent of their own, and then I will copy two different things I control. It could be two lands. If you have your commander out, it could be double that. That card with your commander is really good. And I feel like that was one that needed to be talked about a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's a great card. It's
0: a little little, bit expensive.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it's a little (laughs) pricey, but it's got a lot of value.
0: Mana value wise, not like I'm sure this card's probably not gonna be very expensive money wise. No. But like I think that card's pretty solid. And the fact that you had your commander in play, you you create twice as many tokens, so you pick two permanents and create them, and then double those. Oof. That's pretty good. Uh, Overall, I think this deck was a big difference. Like, of course, it's kind of Simic doing Simic things, but... But... It's not like the typical simic thing it's instead of being big draw card and ramp synergy it's kind of hitting more of this token theme which simic hasn't really done before as much which is something i can kind of appreciate seeing blue green go into a different direction than it does yeah Uh, so, out of this deck, like, how would you feel about this? Is this really a, is this, is this a Quandrix deck, or is this a Simic deck? How does this feel to you? Um,
1: I think it's a Quandrix deck. I don't think it's quite simic Like, uh, it could be. I, I feel like you can make arguments for both, but I would lean more towards Quandrix.
0: Yeah, maybe they should have thrown in that monoclith into the deck for the yeah. doop the doop blue. <laughs> but yeah, um I think that is where we're probably gonna close it up today. We're gonna do a part two of this, which will be our episode five it will be part two of Strixhaven Commander decks because we realized this episode's gonna be really long and we didn't wanna drown out your ears for four hours. Also, I think our <laughs> mental our mental capabilities, thinking about cards and cetera, cheese, might run dry, and we might yeah. turn into we might turn into zombies. Two two zombies. I there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right after Prismari, I was like, "Ooh."
0: Yeah, Prismari was a hard one for us. Um, speaking of that, we looked at like I said, we looked at the deck list, and run, well, I literally said when I looked at the deck list, I'm like the it, the Prismari deck. Is the strongest deck. You <laughs> play, you go. If you played a five-man pod with all these commanders, I guarantee you the Prismari deck will win. Yeah. Statis- statistically, with all the with all the cards in play, I think it has the strongest chance to keep everything in control. And I think that's what made me a little disappointed, is because I really didn't want to see Red Blue continue to do that. I wanted to see yeah. it be something else, not just super powered. Like even the Quandrix deck, it has really powerful effects, but it's not overpowered. It definitely has parts where it's going to be it's going to be in that spot where if it's if it's stuck it can't get back going. And I feel like the Prismari deck If you shut it down a couple of times, it's not down and out because it has so much ability to come back.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Even the Lorehold one has a pretty strong capability of doing that as well. But I'm not going to... I'm never going to rail about Boros ever being overpowered or Lorehold being overpowered because White needs it. White needs to be the win for once. (laughs) So, um, definitely the Quadrix deck. I think one of us is playing that deck as well. Yep. One of the people Mm -hmm. in our pod. None of us are playing the Prismar deck. We all felt like that deck was was too overpowered and we needed to see something different and we didn't feel like it was different. We felt like it was just an Is It deck Mm
1: -hmm.
0: with a different name. So, uh, we ignored it but we will be playing the other four eventually. And uh I told you which one I'm playing and Kayla mates might, might spoil which one she's playing. But yeah, the but other I'm going
1: two with bloom.
0: <laughs> yep. She sure is and she'll probably be excited to talk about that commander deck when we get there next week. yeah. Am- so, and uh we will hopefully have something recorded for YouTube by that time, to- by the time uh, before June is the hope.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's a lot of things working in motions, trying to get people's schedules synced up, kind of tricky at times. But uh, that is our plan, and we will have. I will provide you the channel name so we can all get there, and then hopefully once that gets started. Uh, we can get a fan base going, so. Yeah. I will hopefully have everything ready by then. Are you excited, Kayla? Because I know I am.
1: Yeah, I'm ready to play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but as far as today is concerned, I think out of all the decks we were talking about today, um, I feel like the Quadrix deck was pretty solid. Um, the theme is there, I like it. I like the lore hold. I think that one, I think that's still probably my favorite out of the five. Glad I got to play it. (laughs) How about you? Of the decks we talked about today, which one was the star for you?
1: Um, I still like Quandrix quite a lot. I'll be interested to see that being played.
0: Yeah. It will definitely be a fun one to watch. Um, it was funny because um, before we even like, before like people started playing these decks, um, we had kind of decided which we were deciding the decks we play. We decided our decks that we were going to play like literally a week before um, the guys at Star City did their video, and they're playing the exact same decks we are. And I was laughing at it. I was like, wow, what are the odds that we picked the exact same four that that uh, they ended up playing as well? Yeah. I was like, maybe they also realized that the uh, Prismari deck had a really strong power level out of between them as well and maybe went around it for a reason. So maybe they kind of picked it uh, decided to uh, jump over it and skip it as well for that reason. It was funny because our conversations, like we had these all planned out way before uh, we had even stated anything like that. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited to get this game going, and hopefully, you guys get to laugh at it how we play. <laughs> Are you excited, Kayla?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm I'm ready to play again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Feels like after everything of last year, not really being able to get together often to play Commander was, oh, so painful. Yeah. We were all stuck in <laughs> stuck playing Arena. If. <laughs> and if you didn't have a good table space for a spell table, like I do, I don't have a good table space. Um, it was it was just kind of hard to play. But uh. Yeah, I think for today, I think that's where we're going to leave it off with the first three. And then we're going to talk about the last two Silver Quill and Weatherbloom. And uh, we will see you next week when we do this again. All right. This is Made in EDH. And this is Chris.
1: And this is Kayla.
0: And we're signing off.
1: Bye. Bye.